0: The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. 1979. Uh, in 1979, Steve Jobs visited Park, and he saw what uh, what Park had been working on, what they had created with the Alto, and what they were currently being, uh, uh, what they were currently doing with the Star. Um, but the Alto was the system that was ready and that was ready for demonstration. The Star was still under development. So, when Steve Jobs visited Park, um, he saw mostly the alto and the and he was very inspired by this. Uh, that's also why the the uh, Apple's um, Lisa, which was the first bitmap GUI computer from Apple, um, was very much sort of modeling things after the star. It also used the one button mouse like the uh, uh, sorry, like the alto uh, it also used the one button mouse, like the alto um, And the key advances here were that. First of all, um, it introduced uh, an actual menu bar. You may have noticed with the alto and and also with the star that um, you didn't have a top menu bar where you could see what commands were available. You actually had to click uh, and then get a pop-up menu to appear to see what you could do. So the fixed menu bar at the top of the screen, that's very easy to reach um, based on Fitts' law. You already know this. was something that Apple introduced as a new, new idea. It made menus always visible. You knew where to find your commands, high degree of visibility, um, very easy to reach based on Fitts' law, uh, and therefore extremely improved learnability of the interface because you always knew where to go and where to find your commands. Um, however, <coughs> apart from that, uh, the Lisa changed a couple things. It tried to actually be cheaper than the, the Alto, and it kind of succeeded. Um, it was available for only $10,000, um, but it was running on a Motorola 68,000 processor at five megahertz. Um, it was slow, you know? so it was underpowered. Um, there was a joke going around at the time. You know the knock-knock jokes, right? When somebody says, knock-knock, who's there, orange, and then somebody says, orange who, and he says, Aren't you glad I'm not an apple? You know, that kind of stuff. And uh, there was one joke that was going around in the, in the uh, there supposedly at the time, who said like, knock, knock. And then you say, who's there? And there's a 50 second pause and it's like, Lisa. <laughs> because it was so slow in responding. So it was also underpowered um, and not very, uh, you know, not very responsive. And we know how important responsiveness is from, from DIS-1 already. The marketing also didn't really play out very well. Uh, It didn't quite make it out there, and and they weren't able to sell sell this thing to to businesses. Um, The last Lisas were actually buried, literally, in a landfill in Utah in 1989 um, in order for Apple to be able to claim a tax write-off. So if you wanted to go ahead and do some digging there, you might get rich. Um, Here's a picture, however, from the, uh, the Lisa user interface Um, This was the final user interface uh, of Lisa, so you can see the menu bar at the top, uh, the key thing that was added to the principle making all the commands that you needed available um, and I'm sure one of the things that Jobs wanted to have in there to further increase usability. Um, You can also see that we now have overlapping windows, right, so things were uh, definitely covering each other and and semi-overlapping something that Windows actually didn't do, although Windows came out um, um, after this um, it didn't actually offer those kinds of things um, we do have scroll bars now at the right and at the bottom right so we can scroll around with stuff um, and what we're using here or what we're seeing here is um, Mac paint here this this uh, application um, a bitmap graphic editing application that uh, used um, QuickDraw. we will talk about this more in, in dis two. Um, but this was sort of an early uh, thing and uh, you know if you opened it up today you would feel right at home right there would be nothing too surprising here to use most uh, commands and things would be very easy to to pick up which speaks to you know a the usability of the system and also how mm, how little actually things have changed since then um, but back to the long nose uh, I want to show you a clip from 2011 now you know this was 1983. Um, in 2011, um, Apple introduced uh, the Mac OS X version Lion and introduced the autosave feature as something that was completely changing the way that you would work. So uh, the point was, you, know, uh, you will get an explanation in a, in a minute um, from, from uh, an Apple VP. But basically the point was like, you know, you no longer need to save in order to have a backup of your latest state. The system would automatically save stuff all the time and you ne- you only had to do an explicit save. This was the idea in macOS 10 in 2011 when you really wanted to mark a version that you would like to be able to easily go back to, right? Say like this is a version that I'm happy with, I'll save it under a new name or something or even under the same name. But even in between things are being saved all the time ever since MacOS, um, one of the most fundamental changes is also one of the simplest, saving your files. Now, with autosave and Lion, you don't have to worry about saving anymore. While you work, Versions takes a virtual snapshot every step of the way, so you can always refer back to your earlier work. So that's cool, right? I mean, if you think back before this, You would always, you know, we always had this like nervous trigger finger that goes like Command S, Command S, or Control S every couple of minutes, just because, you know, you never know, right? Stuff might happen. And so that's being taken care of now by Mac OS X, which is awesome, I think. You know, it's a good idea. You no longer have to save all the time just to make sure that your work doesn't get lost. Um, But is that such a new principle? Well, let me show you a clip. Not as, quite, not as nicely produced as this, you know, uh, polished Apple presentation here, but by a guy who was on the Lisa development team. Uh, and he here will talk about what he did. This is a talk recorded later in a retrospective talking about what the Lisa introduced. And he will introduce something surprisingly similar to Autosave. Okay, so as we can see, this was a demonstration of an actual Lisa running um, um, in, you know, back in the, in the 90s um, of a Lisa model that had been uh, built much earlier. So while Apple sort of says, "Oh, the new feature is documents are saved automatically. You don't need. You only need to save explicitly for having a checkpoint, like a consistent version you want to get all back to," um, and relaunching an app brings all open documents back into the last state. That was what the Lisa did in 1983. Um, it actually was lost on the Mac due to the hardware and software limitations, performance limitations at that time. You know, the Mac came out after the Lisa, a year later, uh, very quickly, and it threw out a lot of this stuff. You know, that was very innovative and very useful, but it just wasn't able to perform at an acceptable speed and, and be you know, producible at an acceptable uh, price point. Um, and so <clears throat> history tends to repeat itself, um, although, you know the, the 2011 version of, 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 of you know, uh, uh, the time machine uh, thing here, of course adds a much better versioning UI to go visually back through your version. So there is, there is progress, but the idea is less revolutionary than you might think.